0: Welcome to the Empower Moments podcast. This is a podcast curated by women for women. We want you to know that you are not alone in any battle or struggle that you are facing. We have been there. We have cried. We have struggled. We have prayed. But we have also overcome. Now we want to empower you to do the same. So grab your book, Empower Moments for the Everyday Woman, and come along for the ride. Today's host is Marnie Thompson Haynes. Enjoy. That's why you ain't got no daddy. Your mama a crackhead. Ugh, why your hair so nappy? Light bright. She ain't got no booty. You ain't got no money? That little job ain't nothing. College? (laughs) Who gonna pay for that? Why you in school so long? You ain't graduated yet? You ain't bought no house yet? You ain't got no man. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Well, it sure sounds familiar to me. Thank you for joining me on week 17, or shall I say chapter 17. I am your author and your host, Marnay Thompson Haynes. And this chapter is entitled Enough is Enough. You are Enough. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Empower Moments podcast. I and we are so happy to have you. I joined the Empower Moments Project right away, straight away. I have to give kudos and a huge, huge shout out to our fearless leader, Kristen R. Harris, who God gave her this vision to create this book of stories and experiences to help all women all around the world get through their circumstances and become triumphant. So thank you so much, Kristen, for having me and asking me and offering me the opportunity to be a part of this book, a part of this project, and a part of this podcast. You can find me on Instagram or all the socials at Marnay. I am on Instagram at IamMarnay. Or you can find me on my business page at the lovely Airplanes and Afros. That's at Airplanes and Afros. I am on Instagram YouTube, and Facebook at Airplanes and Afros. But if you wanna reach out to me personally, you know, one-on-one, I am at I am Marnay. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm a flight attendant and i have become a data research specialist and instructor in the wonderful world of aviation and for those of you who don't know me welcome so nice to meet you so happy to have you and if you are at all interested in becoming a part of the aviation family whether that is becoming a flight attendant becoming you know someone on the ground ramper mechanic or even a pilot or moving into the corporate sector Come on over to Airplanes and Afros and talk to me in chat. That's where I talk about all things airplanes. All So head on over there. Since the release of the book three years ago, I have become engaged. I am now married to the person who I became (laughs) engaged to, my lovely husband, Scott Haynes. Uh, We have uh, a son. His name is Jaden. He's actually my stepson. He's 12, obviously. I just got engaged three years ago and he's 12, right? That math doesn't add up. Uh, But he's my stepson and we are looking forward to expanding our family. When I first penned my chapter, I lived in Miami, Florida. I am originally from Chicago, Illinois, born and raised. That is where Chrissy and I bonded. She and I met in college on the campus of Alabama State University, she then transferred and left me and went over to Alabama A&M. But it's all good, girl. You were originally a Hornet and we still love you. Um, but that's how Chrissy and I met and we bonded over being two girls from the south side of Chicago. So I am from Chicago, moved to Miami for work. I have called six states home and I now live in Dallas, Texas. Or to be you know more accurate, I live in Arlington, Texas, for those of you who are familiar with the North Texas area. So let's jump right into it. I pinned this chapter because I felt that it was necessary to share and be honest about how we talk to each other, particularly in the Black community. I know that teasing and taunting um, knows no race, right? It, it's colorblind. However, in the Black community, because of our history, particularly in this country, I feel that we are a little more, a lot more, to be quite honest harsh. And it's because of the dialogue and the rhetoric that is passed down from generation to generation. It gets a little lighter, right? As the generations go on, but nevertheless, there's a tone and there's a way of speaking to one another that doesn't always lift each other up in love and light and the way that God would allow us or, or requires or expects us to interact with one another. When I was growing up, um, I was teased a lot and I was teased by my very first friends and my very first friends were my siblings. Um, I know now looking back that a lot of this was just sibling behavior. However, I do find that it is unnecessary in any household because depending on the fragility of a person's emotional state, um, it can make or break Someone becomes, and so I thought it was important to share that with with you guys. And so, just to give you a little bit of an idea, I um, was raised by my grandparents, my siblings, and I. I'm the youngest of four. The sibling that is closest in age to me, we're six years apart. I have a sister, a brother, another sister, and then six years later. There's me, so um, yeah, so that gives you an idea of what my household looks like. My grandparents were working people, my grandmother was an entrepreneur, she owned a hair salon, a clothing store, and a gym like a workout gym. And this was back in the 80s, um, you know, when. Thigh highs were high, honey. And, you know, buns of steel were in. Um, That's when we had all of that going on. And my grandfather is a blue collar guy. He worked for the railroad for 45 years. Um, And he retired back in the mid 90s. I want to say it was like 92, 94, something like that. But yeah, so my mom was a typical flower child. She ended up uh, getting into drugs um, because of you know some depression and things she was dealing with. My mom wanted to be a singer, had a beautiful, beautiful voice. She even sang background for Mahalia Jackson um, as a teen, and um, just wasn't able to really get her career off of the ground. Number one, my grandparents, uh, which were her parents, were just afraid that you know the the music industry would just devour her, and she would get into drugs, and you know it would just she would you know not thrive. Um, And just her own personal self-doubt that combined led her down the path of drug use anyway. And so my mom spent about 20 years on drugs and she ended up getting clean in 1998. It was my senior year. Actually, it's 1997. It was my senior year in high school. And um, once she got clean, um, she never... Looked back, she became a HIV and AIDS and drug use advocate for the Red Cross and traveled the country teaching uh, for the Red Cross. And when my mom was sick, we did discover that she was um, HIV positive and that's why she became an advocate. And um, I talk more about my story um You know, if you know me personally, I share my story with you, but I'll talk more about that over on my YouTube um, channel where uh, I can really deep dive into who my mother was and how powerful of a being she was and how God used her uh, for 10 years before he called her home. And she was so impactful, so amazing. This is a woman who um, was in a coma for nine months and when we went in to take her off of her respirator because, uh, the doctors, you know, recommended that because she she just wasn't thriving on her own. Um, that was the day she woke up out of her coma and pulled all of her tubes out of her nose and her mouth. And uh, it's an amazing story. And again, I'll share that with you guys over at my YouTube page over at airplanes and Afros. So that gives you an idea, right. Of what my home structure looked like I was raised by my grandparents, typical eighties kid and, um, my siblings, because they were much older than me, right? They were experienced a little bit, right? Because they were already going to school and things like that. So they were picking up dialogue and they were sassy and they had personalities and um, they teased me a lot. And it wasn't that it was an attack on me per se, it was just how we talked in Black culture, right? And so my siblings would, you know, call me a monkey they would tell me that, um, I really wasn't related to them because I'm so light, you know, I'm so fair skinned and I was found in a trash can. And, um, my brother even one time held a gun to my temple, um, for several minutes and, and, and thought it was the most hilarious thing that he had ever, ever experienced in his life. Um, and when you're dealing with a child who, doesn't know her mother, right? I knew of my mother, I knew who my mother was, but she wasn't in my life because I was adopted by my grandparents immediately as a, as an infant. And so growing up and, you know, we can't discredit how children feel and what children think about themselves. Children are experiencing life too. They're experiencing, um, lack and void and darkness and happiness and all those things, we can't discredit that. So as a single digit child, I was already internalizing my voids. And when you are teasing and taunting a child who's in, who has internalized these voids and applied them to their lives and has um, you know, uh, comprehended them as signals and signs of not being enough, Slight teasing and taunting can make or break who a child grows up to be and who a person becomes, let alone deliberate and intentional and mean-spirited and demonic taunting and teasing. And so that's what this chapter dives into. That's what it talks about. And so um, I fortunately became very resilient um in my late teens and in my 20s and I continued to mold myself and to purge what I had been told about myself I was a very skinny girl at that I was an athlete I was a cheerleader I ran track for a summer I played tennis for once a different summer like you know I was always dancing I was in multiple dance troops and things like that and so um I was an athletic kid, but I was a skinny athletic kid. And if you know anything about the black community, um, you know that they like booty and boobs and all that kind of stuff, even as teens, even as preteens. Like, let's keep it all the way funky and let's not act like children who are 9, 10, 11 aren't dealing with the pressures of imagery and beauty standards because they are and we always have. We just don't want to admit it because we want to continue to see children as innocent and pure. And the truth of the matter is children are already dealing with that. And so I was already dealing with that and I knew that in my own community, um, you know, whether it was like my church community or you know my school community or my sports community, I was never looked at as, quote unquote, attractive. You know, I was attractive to some guys, right? But it's typically not the guys (laughs) you want to be attracted to you. Um, You know, so, but it wasn't, you know, some girls will walk in a room and all the boys would drool, right? We all know those girls and, you know, we've we've all been in school. So, and some of you guys have been those girls, um, which is great, but I wasn't that girl. However, I was always admired And um, I was always respected because I was an athlete, because I was the captain of the team. And because, you know, I was smart and all these things, Um, I was always respected. And on top of that, my grandmother instilled confidence in me that um, regardless of what someone told me about myself, I was a child of the king. And regardless of what happened to me in life, regardless of what mistakes I made, I would have to own them and pay for them. But nevertheless, I am nobody's trash. And so I always had that in the back of my mind and, and just embedded down in the very fiber of who um, I was. And so although I, my interpretation of what I was experiencing with my siblings and my friends and things like that, or not even friends, you know, associates at school, wasn't great, um, I still felt it. Right. I had this big community of people who loved me. Right. I was semi popular in school, which was really odd because I wasn't like a, the hot girl or anything like that. But everybody knew me Um and everybody respected me. And I was you know, it was it was all good, but it wasn't you know, what society tells you people should celebrate you for. I wasn't being celebrated for being cute. I wasn't being celebrated for like frivolous stuff. You know what I mean? Like surface stuff, um, which is what society tells you actually has value. And as you get older, you realize none of that has value, right? It's nice to be cute child, but cute ain't gonna pay nobody's bills and cute ain't gonna change the world. Um, So, you know, I dealt with that. And if you read through chapter 17, I explain more about exactly what was said to me and exactly how it impacted me. And I want to encourage you today to just be comfortable in who you are. Just own it, right? Own exactly who you, even if you've never made a quote unquote mistake ever in your life, but you feel like you aren't enough, you are enough. You are enough. enough. Even if you've made mistakes in your life, you are enough. Every flaw, every person that you've been intimate with that you now regret, those are lessons. What is the lesson? Respect your body. Every class you failed or money you've wasted trying this new program, but you didn't follow through, it's a lesson. The lesson Get some discipline. Every, everything, everything, every everything you've ever done in life that you beat yourself up for. I don't care if it, there are communities that say you're going to hell for a baby. I'm here to tell you that it's a lesson in everything. Learn the lesson from it, apply it to your life. Become better and not only become better, become who God created you to be and become who you know God told you to be. You can do it. You are not only worthy, you are designed for it. Stand in that, own it, every bit of it. Nappy head. No man, no money, whatever. Relationship you walked away from, baby you didn't have, whatever it is. Own it, learn the lesson, and know that you are not less than because of your decisions. Stand with your head held high, baby, and know that you are enough. And every man that you thought that you, every whatever husband you think you know you need in your life, whatever job you feel like you need in your life, whatever living situation you need in your life, it's coming. But it's not coming until you own your quote-unquote shortcoming, learn the lesson from it, make it applicable, and stand in the truth, proudly stand in the truth of it. And give it back to God. And he will walk with you every single step of the way. In closing, I would like to share with you my empower statement. Ladies, today I empower you to love yourself unconditionally, wholeheartedly, with flaws and all love yourself. Oftentimes, we seek validation from all of the wrong sources. Today, I empower you to take ownership of your shortcomings, perfection, and power. You are more than enough. There is nothing that anyone can say or do that has the authority to break you. You have the power to manifest all of the desires of your heart. Knowledge of thyself is powerful. And you, my love, you've got the power. Please know that. Know that I am here for you. Know that I love you. You can reach out to me on any of my socials. Again, that's at airplanes and afros. Spell it all out, all three words: airplanes and afros. Preferably Instagram, cause I live on the gram, child. <laughs> so hit me up over there. You can join my community over at Facebook, or catch me over on YouTube. If you want to learn more about the aviation, the aviation industry, excuse me, I'm a little tongue tied. If you want to learn more about the aviation industry please reach out to me i am committed to getting more and more as many as i can african americans into the aviation industry in all sectors all spectrums i've been able to dabble my foot in all spectrums of aviation not just being a flight attendant i've dabbled on the corporate side i've dabbled on the teaching side Come and holla at your girl if you need some guidance and direction. And I can pair you with whomever can give you the uh, the education or, or deeper resources that you need as it pertains to exactly what you want to do. But if you need some guidance on, on how to get started and what direction to go, reach out to me. Again, we have a seven-day e-course over at airplanesandafros.com. And the first 10 people, the first 10 to direct message me. On Instagram at Airplanes and Afros will get a completely free one-on-one coaching session with me. I will go over your resume with you so that we can clean that up, right? I will go over your image with you so I can help you interview well. And I will also give you a lifestyle prep. So you know what to expect on what this lifestyle looks like, what it's going to feel like. Um, what relocation looks like if it has to come down to it. I'm going to fill you in on all that good stuff. So the first 10 people, head over to Instagram. Don't forget to follow me. I'll follow you back, like, comment, and share on YouTube. And send me that direct message so I can get you prepped, okay? And get you ready to jump into this world of aviation, whatever it is, whether it's becoming a pilot or keeping your feet down here on the ground. All righty? Again, God bless you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to hang out with us over here at Empower Moments. And thank you so much for reading my chapter and exploring this with me. I believe that life experiences are everything. And we have to tell our story, tell it often, and share it with power so that we can empower each other. Again, I am your author and your host, Marnae Thompson Haynes, and I will see you soon. Also, if you're looking for just another boost of inspiration, one inspirational source that I love and listen to weekly is Motivation for Black People. It is also a podcast. Head over there and hang out with Justin Michael Williams. I do not know that man personally, I'm not getting paid. But it is a wonderful and beautiful podcast. And it is so inspirational. Again, that's motivation for Black people. And the most important podcast is Airplanes and Afros. Catch me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and any podcast platform that you are into. Airplanes and Afros. Check us out. Podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Love you. Thank you. God bless you you are empowered, and most importantly, you are enough. Thank you for tuning in to the Empower Moments podcast. We pray that this episode has been a blessing to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Visit EmpowerMoments.org to learn more about our mission and to purchase your book. We'll see you next week.